TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. I'm surprised they're working him so much inside. This guy's just shown tremendous power to the pull side. Yeah, I'm not sure they want to throw him strikes inside, though. You know, he just went off speed 3-1 just to keep him off balance. Now what does he do? Full count to Mitch Garver. A drive to left, down the line, deep and foul. Almost. Babe Ruth almost did it again, guys. Almost. almost. Mitch Barry Bonds Garver with that <laughs> bomb to left field. That's out courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place twins show on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app. I am Rami Makloff along with Derek Wetmore. You find his thoughts and musings on your twins at scorenorth.com. Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. But because that one went foul, Derek. Had to settle for a split of yeah. the four-game series, including the doubleheader, because they didn't put a roof on it on Saturday out <laughs> okay, at okay, Target okay. Field. So, uh, your thoughts on the weekend series? I didn't know you were going to sneak that one in. That's almost not fair. You should always expect it. <laughs> should always be waiting for it. It's a good point. I'm that guy. By the way, Derek Falvey, the uh, Twins' chief baseball officer, he'll be joining us at 1:20 here on the Score North First Place Twins show. Yeah. I should tease that off the top. That'll be a fun chat. Yeah, yes. he's going to call into the studio. And look, good weekend for the Twins. The brand, we can talk about that maybe even with Falvey a little bit mm-hmm. later, but so-so weekend for the baseball club. Uh, Nelson Cruz hurt, had to leave Sunday's game. We'll see. There is a, reportedly getting an MRI today, so we'll know more about that by the time we show up at the ballpark later this afternoon. Um, Williams Estadio is back. That's good. And it was like 26,000 people per game over the weekend bought tickets to Target Field sporting events, and all of them were Twins games. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really good. It's like shows that the, either the public's starting to buy in or that the weather is starting to warm or that kids have the end of school circuit on their calendar, and now it's like go time, let's get out to some baseball games. Whatever it is that's $5 drawing. $5 tickets? Was this, this is one of the $5, $5 ticket games, tickets for that? sure could have helped. I, I mean, I, that's not accounting for a lift of – Ten thousand to twenty six thousand all right. of a sudden. No, no, no. But it's these probably, are all these are all factors. It's is probably what we're part of the math. Right. Yeah, and a lot of people out there showing support for that beautiful Minneapolis skyline that you can see unobstructed. A from lot of big NEC fans of the skyline. A lot Target of big fans Fields. of the skyline. Beautiful skyline. Yeah. Fans so of the it's just it, you know what it was like a, a five hundred weekend for the club baseball wise, but good weekend for Twins the brand. And you'd like to win more series than you split or lose. Can't win them all. And I didn't think there was anything on the field. Now, the Nelson Cruz injury that could have a significant impact on the season. Like you said, there's an MRI today. We'll find out what we find out. But outside of that, I didn't think there was anything that happened on the field this weekend that if you were uh, if you were not cut the brakes guy, if you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, pump the brakes guy, I don't think there was anything this weekend for you to point at and go, see, this is it. This is the beginning of the end for this team. I knew they'd let us down again. Sure. The... Offense didn't score 100 runs per game, so I guess that's one. Uh, Martin Perez had to leave with the, you got a line drive off the boot. So that, they said he'll make his next start. Yeah, it right? doesn't look too, too bad. And especially after he got smoked, I think it was Nicholas Castellanos, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Smoked him with the line drive, and it, it sort of kicked off to, toward third base. And Perez, 
I was amazed that he's just like, oh, okay, scampers right off the mound, goes to get the ball. He doesn't make the play, but the fact that he was running that hard and then walks off the field on his own power, that's probably encouraging if you're the Twins that one of your best starters is doesn't look like anyways that he's going to have to miss a start. I thought that might be bad when I first saw it. Ooh, it looked bad. I thought that might be really bad. Yeah, and it's funny that if you told me in March that we'd be worried about a Martin Perez injury in the middle of May. I would have thought it's because they just, oh, they they didn't have any depth, and boy, they're asking this guy to, to shoulder a load for them, and, and now they're going to be digging deeper into their minor league depth. But exactly the opposite case. In the middle of May, six weeks into the season, this guy is pitching like sort of a co-ace for them since he's joined the rotation. He had won his previous five starts before Sunday's outing, so it's like... This this would actually be a blow if they were to go without him. So it looks like they caught a break, and the other break is that he's actually a really, really good pitcher. <laughs> and it's going swimmingly for them and for Perez this season. It really is borderline unbelievable what you've gotten out of Martin Perez so far this year. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I We talked about it over the winter. Um, Manny, I don't remember if you were on that show as Phil and I were talking about what are you doing? Like, this is a scrap heap yeah. signing if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I remember thinking ERA. that. Like, what is this? <laughs> and now I've got to raise my hand and say, whoops, mm-hmm. my bad. I Like, I was wrong. <laughs> this guy looks amazing. That cutter's for real. Racking up strikeouts. Swing and miss all day against the Tigers yesterday. Yeah, he gave up a couple of long balls, and that's kind of what did him in. But, boy, he's been a really, really good find for the Twins, and he's rejuvenated his career. Right. What, I, what I'm saying is, when I said there's nothing... That happened this weekend that that should embolden pump the brakes guy to say I was I was right I told you so. Yeah. It, there were little things. There was Martin Perez getting hit. There there was Nelson Cruz and and again that might be bigger than than we know at this point. But if you're and and they didn't score a ton of runs. But if you're a level headed baseball fan with with any perspective on what a 162 game season is, there was nothing this weekend that should send you into a panic that makes you go that's. That's the other shoe dropping. You know that over the course of a season, even the best offenses, and I think the Twins are among those, are going to go through periods and, and series where they don't throw up five or six runs a game. That's yeah. that's just going to happen. Guys yeah. are going to get line drives off the ankle, and you're lucky if, if it's not a serious injury. That's exactly right. Guys like Nelson Cruz are going to come up dinged up over the course of 162-game season. That shouldn't derail your season as long as it's not a, a major injury that's going to keep them out any extended period of time. Yeah. Nothing happened this weekend. You split with the Tigers, who are not a great baseball team, but nothing happened this weekend. Even, I think, losing the series, pump the brakes guy might have been like, see? Yeah, yeah. It's a bad baseball team you just lost a series to. Let's let's pump the brakes on this Twins team a little bit. But you got to split. It was a four-game series. Those are hard to win a lot of the time. Almost impossible to sweep. So with a doubleheader thrown in there. I I don't think, again, if if let's use the analogy of an airplane, did we gain altitude this week as far as Twins fans go? No, probably not. But I don't think you lost any altitude either, did you? No, I mean, 500, and you ate some more schedule, and I know you've got the standings printed off right in front of you yeah. there, Rami. A very prepared uh, co-host of now, mine. No, I, I, I don't look at the standings before June 1st. Manny, you know this about me. Hold then on, what? We will not talk standings until June 1st. Hold on, hold and, on, hold and, on, and, hold, and hold on. And from June 1st till the end of the year, hold on, hold on. we're counting magic numbers. You don't look at the standings before June 1st. I mean, I may be But you, but you walked in here and handed me the standings? Is that your roundabout way of looking at the standings? 
like, peek at them once hey, or Robin, twice. maybe read these on the air today because uh, there are people who don't look at the standings who might want to know. Well, let me let me tell Derek and those of you out there yeah. who don't look at the standings before I June first. Be I can't be the only one, right? We'll start at the bottom in the Royals, who are fourteen and twenty-seven, and uh, that could get even worse. The White Sox are eighteen and twenty-one in fourth place. The Tigers, who just left Minnesota, they uh, leave with an eighteen and twenty record after the split with the Twins. The Indians sit at twenty-one and eighteen, and your Minnesota Twins, I believe this is the best win percentage in all of baseball at 641, 25 and 14. 25 and 14. 25 and 14. That's what the standings say, Derek, since you don't look at them. They're 25 and 14. Yeah, I don't trust them before June 1st, but uh, this is the Score North first place twin show, and now I understand where it got its name. (laughs) (laughs) Before this, you were confused. You didn't know what was going on. It makes all kind of sense now that you put it that way. Okay, yeah, so first place in the American League Central. What did you say, four games up? Three that's games up. Three games up. Oh, no, four. You're right. But it was that's, four. That's yeah. pretty good. Well, good guess on my part. Four, yeah, just a random pull that out of the air type of guess. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think not you'll bad. take that halfway through May. I would not have believed it if you had told me that this looks like the tw- Twins division to lose. If you had told me that in February 15th, Rami, I would have been like, mm, all right, you're just doing that thing where you say good things about the home team. I think you accused me of to doing get that the fans. thing. I, I shadow boxed you on that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, now, I'm not accusing you of this, but some people some would people do this. Some people might say, is this, right, what, the ultimate cop-out of the, any journalist. The journalist some people might say. My my favorite crutch, as a, if I'm in a clubhouse, um, if you got to ask the tough question, because sometimes you just, you do. And, and if you're on the beat, especially it's tough. Cause you got to face those guys every single day, good day, bad day, best day of their life, worst day of their life. You're there to ask a question. What do you say about all these critics who are saying <laughs> da, 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 whatever it's the, it's so disarming and it's true. It's like, it's a way of seeking the truth. Hey, a lot of, a lot of people on Twitter, especially are saying this bad thing about you. How do you respond? No, it's not, it's not me. I'm but taking those, this out of my mouth. Those who see right through you will fire back with, are you one of those critics? Yeah. <laughs> are you one of the people who's saying that? Like, I've seen I just you want on to, Twitter. I just want to know well, who I'm talking to. Right. I mean, what do you think? Oh, man. Uh, Which I, is what I, I would do every time if I was a professional athlete. You tried I've to definitely pull that used that one before. <laughs> sometimes to success and sometimes very much not. <laughs> But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't deem the split of the series a failure by any means with the Tigers. You're yeah. not, you're not going to win every series, even against teams that you're better than. These are some fun ones coming up. Not to, not to just glance past what's happened in the immediate rearview mirror, but looking out the windshield of this Twins, whatever vehicle is. Pretty Whatever interesting. it is, the got, brakes have been cut. That's right. No brakes, no. so that might be a problem if there's any hairpin turns. But Angels coming to town. That's a fun club. They're not awesome in terms and of the Shoei standings. Otani is back, Shoei Otani right? is back. He's home run derby team, too. Debut because he was not uh, right. with the club last year when That's the right. Angels came in. Yeah, because that was what, that was after was, he got hurt. I yeah, think. that was late in the year. Because we had tickets to that game. We were going to go, um, and he ended up, yeah, he didn't play at all in that series. And one of the days just got like delayed by rain for hours and hours and hours. But mm-hmm. Um, that'll be fun to see him. I mean, this is this is a fun team across the major league landscape. Of course, you got Mike Trout coming to town, so see how you measure up. The Twins have the guys you'd pick to go in the starting rotation lined up: Barrios, Gibson, I believe Oda Rizzi is uh, is how it's currently stacked up according to MLB.com, and that's 
that's a chance for a series win, a series sweep. It's just possible. That's I'm throwing that out there. After that, you got the Mariners, who are one of the best stories in baseball. If it's not the Twins, it's the Seattle Mariners. And then again with the Angels, both of those, the latter two series are on the road. So your West Coast trip coming up. This is, I hate to always bring out the measuring stick because, like I said, it's it's middle of May and it's probably too early to be talking about how do you stack up to the best teams in baseball? How do you bounce back from tough series and stuff like that? I would classify what happened this weekend, though, as a little bit of a, a step back, a tough series. So now I'm fascinated to see the response. And what we've seen from this Twins team so far in the year anyways, Rami, is that they don't dwell on negative things that happen. Right. Oh, somebody got... You want the microphone? Yeah, there? I should probably turn it on. Red button. S- somebody's got, uh, you know, going to have to miss some time. Williams Estadio is going out. Okay, fine. Let's do it. Byron Buxton's going to miss a day. Okay, that's fine. We'll pick up the slack. Pitching has been a, a question mark early in April. Nope. Rebound, bounce back. Kyle Gibson, Martin Perez, Jake Odorizzi all have been awesome for the past three, four, five starts. So I, I'm fascinated to see if this trend continues because there is something to resiliency among a club. But I also think one thing that helps resiliency a lot, when you have good baseball players, right. that, and I was that just makes gonna, a good team. I was just going to say, if this Nelson Cruz thing is is going to cost him any, any period of time, that would be the first... Big challenge, the first big hurdle for this this Twins team to overcome. Sure, because you're not just losing his bat; you're losing his his influence, his impact on the whole lineup, and especially the guys who are right around him yeah. in in the lineup in the in the two and four spots and the type of pitches that they're going to see. I think that would be a significant blow, but I think they could survive it. Yeah. I think they have the offense to survive if if they had to go without Nelson Cruz for a period of time. Sure, and Miguel Sano making his way back up to the big leagues here at some point, you got to think. Right. Uh, he's in AAA now, played there over the weekend. Uh, I believe he just turned 26 over the weekend too, so happy birthday to Sano. And I don't know if the timing's going to line up. I don't even know if Cruz is going to miss a day. He, he might be back in there tonight, for right. all I know. Right. I am looking at it and saying that is something that could test this lineup you mentioned the leadership and the presence, but also just the bat. Like That's a really good bat that mm-hmm. you'd be without, potentially, if he has to miss time. How do you respond to that? Well, good teams find a way to overcome it. By the way, he wasn't the only recent birthday boy, Derek Wedmore. Yeah, that's right. It was your birthday this weekend. It was my yeah, birthday, birthday this weekend. Yeah. 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 Man. Thank you. Much appreciated. We spent some time uh, on a patio in Uptown watching the Twins and uh, consuming some beverages. Oh, in Uptown. Yeah. Right there in my uh, in my yeah. neighborhood, huh? Yeah, that's and, uh, right. I didn't, uh, didn't pick up the old phone, huh? Did you read uh, the article about Williams Estadio in The Athletic today? Uh, have from, I read that one from yet? From Mark Craig? Oh, I, I saw it. I have not read I that one I thought there yet. was, just real quick, you should go check it out. Yes. Uh, but a great line in there. They they talk with the Phillies scout who first discovered Williams Estadio and okay. brought him to America. And uh, he, was, he saw him from up wherever scouts sit, and he was like, yeah, I mean, I like what I see, but if it doesn't work out with this guy, my boss is going to kill me or whatever the case might be. So he was about to leave the park, and he goes and stands behind the backstop and watches Williams Estadio take a few hacks. And Estadio turns and looks at him and goes, you should sign me. I'm going to make you look good. That's awesome. I love that's I love awesome. That's, yeah, man. The legend continues to grow of La Tortuga. So great. That's amazing. Like I'm ha- my first instinct is like, is that true? And then my second instinct is, of course it's true. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, picture being picture being, you know, an elite high school ball player though, you know, growing up in Arizona. Yeah. 
you're pretty sure the scouts are going to see you. You got a couple showcase events. You got your perfect game. You got your USA baseball. You probably, you probably just playing some travel ball over the summer and somebody's going to see you. You're going to get D1 offers. You're going to get maybe drafted if you're that good. It's not always the case in every corner of the world. I do think it's getting a lot better, but that's a really, that's a fascinating anecdote. And I'm going to make you look good. Your guy not only is a, uh, Jump right off the injured list into the leadoff spot and catching. Yeah. That's not something everybody would do. Yeah. Still making contact at an elite level. Mm-hmm. Still driving the ball. And <laughs> he promised a scout when he must have been like 16 when he said that. Turn around and say, I mean, I don't know what year that was or whatever. but Well, it took him 10 years to, to get to the pros. And yeah, how old absolutely. is he now? 27? So uh, he's yeah, probably he's like 17. Mid to late 20s. When he said that to the guy? That is some conviction. And, of course, it's easy to say, I could say that. But right. then he delivered on the promise. Right. And now that guy does look That's good. It's like Javi Baez getting the MLB logo tattooed on the back of his neck at 16 years old. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, he really did that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah. some conviction, man. That's, a, that's a, For guys that young and to come from what they're coming from to believe in yourself that strongly is... Love it. Just amazing. Love and again, it. the legend of La Tortuga continues to grow. Check out Mark Craig's piece at The uh, the Athletic. And of course, always check out Derek Wetmore's written thoughts on your Minnesota Twins at scorenorth.com. We're going to hit a quick break. And on the other side, talk with Chief Baseball Officer of your first place Minnesota Twins, Derek Falvey. We'll join the Score North first place Twins show on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Phil Mackey here for Federated Insurance. Now, if you listen to the radio show, I'm a numbers guy. Here's a couple numbers that should really get your attention. 2.4 million injured and 35,092 dead. Those are National Safety Council numbers from 2015. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than just statistics. These are family members, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving continues to be an epidemic. It could happen as easy as this. A driver approaches an intersection with a traffic light and they become distracted reading a social media post. They run the red light and collide with another vehicle, killing the driver and severely injuring themselves. So ask yourself, do you multitask while driving? Do you ever closely follow the vehicle in front of you? Do you find yourself checking your phone for messages while you're driving? Well, according to the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, there are 815,000 distracted drivers on Minnesota roads at any given time. Don't become a statistic. Make it home safe today. To learn more, contact your local Federated Insurance Marketing representative. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and Score North. I guess the very good Twins lineup. Yeah. Been as dangerous as anybody in baseball. A lot of home runs. Still not out of it at any point. Their ability to hit home runs. There's one. And it's five to one. Right on cue. This lineup can put up runs in a hurry. Harry Adrianza with the home run on Fox Sports North. This is the first place Score North Twins show on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. You can listen live and on demand via the Score North app. And the longer you listen live, the more points you rack up for potential rewards. It's available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Go get that app and subscribe to all your favorite Score North Twins podcasts, including from contributors like Len Perkins, former twin, and Pat Royce. Joining us now on the show, he is the chief baseball officer of your first place twins. It is Derek Falvey. Derek, welcome to the show. How are you this afternoon? I'm well, thanks for having me on. 
Derek, I think it's safe to say that your team has been the surprise of Major League Baseball to those around the country who follow this sport, and a couple of guys in in particular. I think you can look at 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 uh, pitching wise, Martin Perez, and then of course Garver doing what he's doing on the offensive side of things. Can you say this team has surprised you, or is this sort of what you guys had envisioned when the 2019 season started? Well, I think we knew this club had had a lot of talent on it. You know, we talked a lot of this winter about how much we believed in the players who were here and, and the desire to supplement the roster with some fits that we thought not only elevated us on the field but in the clubhouse. And we felt like going into the year that we had potential to, to compete every night we got out on the field. And I will say in the, the group in that clubhouse, not that they um, you know, were – I wouldn't say we're surprised by it to start, but I think they viewed the whole idea of going out and fighting every night for nine innings and seeing where everything shook out at the end was the approach of this club. And, and I think we've seen that to this point. Uh, we're hopeful that we continue to do that. I think everyone in that room expects that. So uh, it's been a fun start to the year, and I can't wait for the summer to kick off here soon. Hey, Derek, it's Derek. Thanks for calling the show. Appreciate it. <laughs> I've been waiting to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Glad to be on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at this uh, this this pitching development. I remember you and I talked in Fort Myers during spring training about how sort of optimistic you guys were. If things went according to plan, that you viewed this to be a good pitching staff, and I don't really think that was the consensus opinion outside your walls. So I'm just looking at it now through the middle of May. How do you guys view, especially in the starting rotation, that this has unfolded? I mean, guys like Martin Perez that Rami just mentioned, but also Jake Odorizzi and Kyle Gibson's bounced back and had some really nice starts. How how are you guys viewing that your starting pitching has unfolded to this point? Well, I think you know we knew take Jose at the front end. You know, we knew what he had grown into last year. Felt he could continue to establish himself at the major league level. You know, pitchers mature uh, at different rates, and they continue to mature in, in their careers. And I think. Jose's shown the ability to do that now and make adjustments mid-game or, or between starts in a way that maybe he couldn't when he first came up to the big league. So that's been a huge, huge start. But guys like Jake Odorizzi, you know, Kyle Gibson uh, in particular, we felt like those two guys, Kyle had a great year last year, learned a lot of things about himself, his pitches, how to attack, and, and really execute it. And so we felt he had the ability. Jake had that uh, potential and uh, execution in the past as, as a pitcher, even going back to his time with Tampa. And we felt he was a couple of small tweaks away from getting back to where he had been when he was at his best. So I think those guys are great. I mean, you know, you've got someone like Martin Perez, who we know had all the talent, you know, a young 27-year-old pitcher who's got good a good arm, good velocity. We made some changes to what he was doing, both mechanically and from a pitch standpoint. You know, credit to him and all the work that he put in to get here and is now a big part of this rotation. And I think we haven't seen the best yet of Michael Pineda. We know what he was a few years ago. He's still coming back from Tommy John. I think there's still some feel elements to the development of his pitches that aren't quite there yet. And hopefully when he gets a little bit warmer and the, the summer picks up, he can start to feel that slider the way we were seeing it down in Florida. Yeah, it's been really impressive from the outside to see that group develop. Uh, another guy you brought in over the winter, this one actually got talked about quite a bit, is Nelson Cruz. Um, spending to bring in a DH, not only who you guys liked as a hitter at this stage in his career, but also as sort of that uh, influential presence. Uh, he was not able to finish the game Sunday, and I understand there's maybe a wrist or something that he's getting checked out today. What can you tell us about Nelson Cruz and his potential availability going forward? Well, I think Nelly, we knew coming in that he was going to be a big part of our, uh, not just the lineup, we know what he can do on the field, but what he's done in the clubhouse and his leadership has been tremendous. And I think he's somebody that 
you could talk to any young player on our team, whether it's pitcher, hitter, uh, reliever, whoever it is, they've talked to Nelly about ways to, to, to get better. And I think that's a huge credit to who he is as a leader. In terms of his most recent development, yesterday he came out of the game with a little bit of wrist soreness. You know, it's something that he's dealt with at different times in his career or in the past. Our view of this, and I know we, we mentioned yesterday that we're just going to get a look at it from an imaging standpoint today. Our view of this is that we, we have every expectation uh, that we'll have an update on that later today and, and hope that he's in a good place. But I, I would say that uh, based on early returns here, it's just some soreness he wants to get checked out. We'll work through. If we learn anything else, uh, we'll, we'll certainly update everybody on that. But my expectation here is that he's somebody who will work through this uh, risk-related kind of soreness and be in an okay spot here in the short term. We, he's a guy who knows his body about as well as anybody, and we want to make sure that he's in a good spot for the long term over the season. Talking with Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey here on the Score North First Place Twins Show. Check out the uh, Score North mobile app available for Apple and Android. Derek, it seems to us on the outside looking in that for whatever reason, the pipeline from the information, analytics, and biomechanics departments to your players has been better and more effective this year in terms of getting that stuff to the players in a way that's digestible, in a way that they believe in it, that they buy into it. How can, are, are we, first of all, are we misconstruing that in terms of that pipeline being more efficient this year? And if we're not, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think every year you, could, you try and just get better in terms of what you provide for resources to your players. And, and ever since I've gotten here, it's something that we really invested a lot of time and energy and behind the scenes is making sure that we put tools in players' hands to allow them to improve. Ultimately, they've got to go and play the game, and coaches got to help them find their way to, to being the best versions of themselves. But we're trying to create a culture where if you've got a good idea, if you've got a tool, if you've got something that can help somebody get better, it doesn't matter what your background is or, or your specific experience in baseball, in a dugout or otherwise, that we can all communicate about it. And I think players really appreciate that. They, they want to find ways to be the best versions of themselves. It's good for the team. It's good for them. It's good for everybody. So Rocco has, I'll credit Rocco and the coaching staff and the way they've gone about this is really just highly inclusive and collaborative in the, in the way they've approached each conversation. I think Wes Johnson's a great example of somebody who came in from with a slightly different background relative to maybe other pitching coaches uh, along the way in the game and uh, certainly has tapped into so many different resources from our research and development folks to minor league coaches to the guys like Bob McClure, who's a senior advisor with us, who's been a longtime pitching coach. All of those guys talk about our pitchers all the time and try just to try and find ways to make them better. And hmm. ultimately, if the players know that we have their best interests in mind and we're giving them information to try and help them be the best uh, they can be, it's it's a good outcome for everybody. Derek, on that thread of uh, open communication, I, the, the conversation that's kind of always ongoing, certainly you're part of that, Thad Levine's part of that, there, there's this whole group what can you tell us about uh, the post-game conversation, what that stuff is like? Because the little bit of time I've spent at Target Field this year, as you're walking out, Rocco's already done his media session post-game, and he's maybe talked with a select player or a few, and then it's just a an ensemble of people hanging out in his office, hanging out on the couches and just talking. What is that conversation like, and can you maybe give us a glimpse into into what it's like in Rocco's office after the game? Yeah, I think every you know what's special about that is every game's a little different, but our approach to it is every game's just one out of one sixty two. Right, so you've got a you've got a good one that night, great. You kind of keep moving forward, try and find ways to think about the next day. You had a tough one, you certainly try and talk through it and what those decisions were within game. And hey, could we have done anything differently to to affect the outcome in a, in a better spot? 
you're always talking about what are ways that we can be better. And no matter where we are today, our goal is to be better tomorrow. Whether we've lost five in a row or won five in a row, that's the goal. So post-game, oftentimes, I'll give you kind of a great example. We had a doubleheader just the other day in between games. You know, Rocco and, and I were in there. Derek Shelton was in there. Some of our analysts were in there. And we were just chatting about different decisions around pitching, you know, and how, how he wanted to use different guys for game two relative to game one because you've got 18 innings in a given day. And I think he's seeking different people's opinions and input. We've said this about Rocco all along. What's special is he's going to lean on Derek Shelton and Wes Johnson and Bill Evers and others within that dugout to say, hey, what do you guys think? We've got three options here maybe coming out of the bullpen the next inning, and we've got to prep for it. They've already talked about it before game. They're going to talk about it in game, and then they're going to talk about it post game as a kind of after action review. And that's a fun way of going about it because the goal every time we have that conversation is that we're just trying to get better. I think in the analytics age, Derek, that uh, a lot of especially old school baseball fans, they look at a Rocco Baldelli and they think he's not really managing in the classic sense that managers used to manage with their gut. I think I think a lot of fans think that these managers are putting in lineups and, and pushing buttons during a game just based on what a calculator is spit out. I, I know that's not the case, but you're talking about a lot of the, the open doors and open lines of communication. At the end of the day, does does Rocco have autonomy in terms of the in-game, on-field decisions he makes and, and the lineups that he puts together, or is that a is that a, is that a group effort when you guys are, are, are coming up with those strategies? That, that's uh, I agree with you completely that that can be a narrative out there, and I, I, can't, I can't tell you it couldn't be any further from the truth. Uh, you know, he is somebody who uh, ultimately has to make decisions in game, has autonomy around that. I will tell you, every manager I've been around in the game, and I, I feel I've been around some good ones. You know, he acts in the same way, which is uh, I want to take input from people around me. That means my coaches, my staff, some of the analytics folks, and otherwise, and I want to make what's the best decision for the twins, not just for me, the manager, and not just for. You know, that player in that moment in time, it's what affects us to give us a chance to, to, to win the game. And I, I think that for a long time, I, I actually think it discredits some of managers of, of years past to say they weren't utilizing uh, information that was around them. Certainly we have more systems and, and devices to help us understand the information in-game now than maybe we did 20 years ago, but there were plenty of guys using some advanced information to think about left-right matchups and mm-hmm. uh, leaning on some of their coaches in the, in the dugout and with our group here, the way we approach it is we provide as many resources as possible to Rocco and the staff. We talk about it as, as teammates, as partners, and then ultimately Rocco and the staff have to make decisions in-game, and that will never change. It was the way it was prior to his arrival here, and that's the way it will be going forward. Yeah. Derek, last one for you here. We spend a lot of time talking about this guy on this show because his development has just been a ton of fun to follow and, and witness here. When did Mitch Garver become Barry Bonds with the bat? Can you pinpoint the day that that happened? <laughs> I, I can't pinpoint the actual day, but I, I'll tell you what, if it keeps up that way, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. He, is- he, Mitch has really been great. I mean, he's somebody who he's continued to learn and develop uh, at, an, at an incredible rate. You know, his catching development has really been maybe less focused on just because of how good the offense has been. But yeah. I think what he can do on both sides of the ball right now, how far he's come in understanding game planning and thinking about ways to get a 
pitcher through the game. Every young catcher goes through that part of their development. I think that he's just somebody that we, we really think highly of as a as a person, the way he goes about his work, how well he prepares, and now we're seeing the fruits of all that labor consistently. I ask this question for myself and Twins fans everywhere, Derek. When do we lock up William Zastadio to a lifetime contract? Just to make sure that he's he's a twin for life. Uh, I, I hear you, man. He is, he is a joy to watch. He is somebody who's a big part of, of what we are trying to accomplish. I think the fact that he can go do a lot of things on the field is, is really beneficial to this club. And we're very fortunate that we have him under control for a, a long period of time here. Uh, he's going to be a big part of, of, of this club, hopefully for this year and many years beyond. That's awesome. Derek Falvey, Chief Baseball Officer of your first place Minnesota Twins. Derek, congrats on all the success up until now, and uh, best of luck and uh, much more success in your future. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, we Derek. appreciate you. you. Thank you very much. There's uh, Derek Falvey joining us on the Score North first place Twins show. Really peeling back the curtain on some of that stuff. It was fun to hear all the conversations that go on throughout a day. I mean, we think about it because it's sports, and this is what we follow really closely. Ultimately, like this is their day job. Right. So those are the things that they're talking about, quote unquote, around the office throughout the day. How do we make our pitchers better? How can we get out here tonight? And which matchup do we want to I'd hunt? Like, I'd like to talk about that and some of the, some of the other stuff that that Derek Falvey touched on here. Right on. It's on the uh, Score North First Place Twins show. If you missed any portion of that interview or or any portion of this show, or you just want to find out what else we have in terms of Twins talk here on Score North, go get the Score North mobile app available in the Apple and Google Play stores. You can listen live or on demand via the app. And the longer you listen live, the more points you rack up for potential rewards. And the Score North mobile app is a one-stop shop for all your written content on scorenorth.com as well, including uh, Derek Wetmore's thoughts on your Minnesota Twins. We'll talk a little bit about what Derek Falvey talked about right there when we return on the Score North First Place Twins show on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Constant coverage on your phone, your computer, your smart speakers, your radio. Hear that? Feast your ears. Scorenorth.com. We felt like going into the year that we had potential to to compete every night we got out on the field. And I will tell you, in the, the group in that clubhouse, not that they um, you know, were, I wouldn't say were surprised by it to start, but I think they viewed the whole idea of going out and fighting every night for nine innings and seeing where everything shook out at the end was the approach of this club. And, and I think we've seen that to this point. Uh, we're hopeful that we continue to do that. I think everyone in that room expects that. So uh, it's been a fun start to the year, and I can't wait for the summer to kick off here soon. That was Twins uh, Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey joining the Score North First Place Twins show here on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. If you missed any of that conversation, it'll be up shortly on demand on the Score North mobile app, scorenorth.com. And uh, you can find all our Twins shows five days per week. We have Score North Twins shows going on with contributors like Glenn Perkins, Tom Kelly, Patrick Royce. Just search Score North Twins show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts or Go get that app. It'll be much easier for you, and uh, it's good for us, good for you. Just go get that Score North mobile app available for Apple and Android. Like I said, that was Derek Falvey, the Chief Baseball Officer of the Twins, joining us. And a couple things that uh, I like to hear from Derek Falvey. One, he didn't give us the whole scoop on Nelson Cruz, but he also didn't sound all that concerned with the injury of Nelson Cruz. It doesn't sound like they think yet that it's it's that big of a deal or something to be all that worried about. Yeah, we'll see. It was a half a scoop. Half a scoop from Derek Falvey. Right. Basically, they're going to maintain, uh, maintain. They want to go on this maintenance program. That It's something Nelson Cruz knows about, whatever. You just have a little bit of a sore wrist. But when you hear MRI, I got to be honest. I don't know if I'm alone. Rami Manny, tell me if I'm an idiot. But I hear MRI and I think, 
scares oh me a little bit. <laughs> oh boy. It, it, it's not like he got drilled or anything from the quotes I read from the clubhouse yesterday. He's basically just like on one of the swing and misses. He felt it. And it was unusual when one of your best hitters is not up with in a game on the line kind of spot late in Sunday's game. So that, that had me a little bit nervous if, if I'm pulling for the twins and to hear that Derek Falvey said, we don't think it's going to be a big major deal. I, I think that was really, really reassuring. And the other thing that I like to hear from him, and this is more big picture because I think this is, this is probably the best and most efficient way to operate as an organization is him talking about the, the informational structure of, of the twins organization and, and the way that they communicate and, and and share information and and there isn't a division between front office and coaching staff or analytics and information department and the coaching staff and the players. It sounds like this is one big well-oiled machine and everybody is doing everything they can to make this thing run as smoothly as possible. And I don't know and obviously Derek isn't going to and I don't think it's warranted, but I don't he wasn't going to throw anybody under the bus of past regimes or talk about why this one is better than past regimes, but I do think that you have to give credit to Falvey, Levine and down the pipeline to Baldelli and his coaching staff and there are a lot of people in between all that, who who we don't even know, we're we're not yeah. we're not privy to sure. that make that thing run yeah. as as smoothly as it does. But it sounds like they have a really good system in place in terms of gathering all the information, all the analytics, all the biomechanics, and getting it to Rocco Baldelli and then to the players in a way that's digestible and effective and that they buy into. Yeah, and I like that he said. This is not just about the players when he, when he was talking about this. He said, whatever happened today, how can we be better tomorrow? I think that Falvey would say that, too, about his own job. Like, I think he's a pretty good chief baseball officer. But I can also tell you that he's probably thinking about, how can I be better this this week, this month, this year? What's something that we can advance as an organization? And that's a really powerful mindset if you have that and then you multiply it across however many employees you have yes including the players and the coaches and the manager if you have that multiplied across an organization it's like a force multiplier and i really liked hearing answers like that just about the free-flowing conversations that they have in the manager's office after the game it's the manager's office it's got his name on it but from everything i've seen when i'm down there it's like after games, that's everyone's off. It's like a community space. Right. <laughs> They're like they, they might as well just have twins on the nameplate on the office instead of Rocco Baldelli, manager of the twins. And that's a really cool thing to witness. Too. And that's a major change in baseball. In the I would past, say so. In the past, if a GM or, or a CBO tried to walk into the manager's office, there would be a conversation uh, had and doors slammed in that guy's face. Yeah. Well, and... Last year, even I, I got a ton of respect for Paul Molitor as a manager. So this is this is by no means meant to belittle whatever the previous uh, regime that was in place here. But it would be media goes down after the game. You're standing there waiting five, ten minutes, whatever. That Thad and Derek and Molitor and maybe a select handful of few other people are in Molitor's office with the door closed. Just talking about roster stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure those conversations still go on today. Now it's like the media is sort of ushered into a different part. So we're not in his office any longer. It's just, hey, here's a dais that we found in the hallway. You're you're going to address the media so you can get your post-game questions out of the way. And then he's going to go in 
Rocco, that is, and address probably a select number of players and talk with his bosses, his peers, people working under him, whatever, whatever the structure is there at One Twins Way. It's kind of just like a, the, the doors open and maybe they're talking about the next day's game. Maybe they're still having those same roster conversations, but it's just a very different vibe when it's an open door versus a closed door. Even if it's the exact same meeting, the message that that gives off, sort of like the 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 subtle cue that you take from that, it's a it's a different vibe. It's a different feel. And I hope we clear things up for managers don't manage anymore, guy. The yeah. guy the guy who calls in or writes into our station says Rocco Baldelli doesn't do anything anymore. Computers manage. Now. He just go yeah he just goes by the numbers because I think I think Falvey pretty thoroughly described how Rocco Baldelli comes to the decisions that he ultimately comes to, but he ultimately comes to the decisions and there is nothing wrong with having input and having an open door and having open lines of communication to have as, as much input as you can possibly have as a manager or anybody in any position where you're making decisions and calling shots. But ultimately the the numbers don't say this is happening, so you should do this. The sure, numbers sure. say this is happening, and then it's up to a manager and his staff to say, all right, well, we could do A, B, C, or D to try and prevent that from happening or to try and make that happen more often. It's not it's not so clear cut that the analytics say the guy hits the ball here all the time, so you should shift exactly this way. Right. There's a lot of different roads you can go down with all these all the information that these managers have now, and ultimately, after he consults with a Derek Falvey or a Thad Levine or Wes Johnson or his hitting coach or other or his bench coach, other guys on his staff, he ultimately still has to make a decision. This this isn't paint by numbers managing in Major League Baseball nowadays. Right. It's a lot more complicated than that, and if anything. It's harder for them to make those decisions yeah. because there is more information to digest that goes into those decisions right. ultimately. Uh, for for the computer is managing guy, I could not manage a major league baseball team. You can't? No, I no? could not. I, I mean, I would not do so successfully. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, I get the numbers and I get the matchups and that stuff's, I don't know what percentage of it, but it's not 100% of managing. There are a hundred other things that, I probably couldn't even detail or understand that Rocco Baldelli and his staff are taking care of on a daily basis. I also thought it was pretty interesting because I think we're a little bit ahead of this conversation. Our, our callers, our listeners, not to sound cocky or anything like that, but like this show really sort of pushes the envelope on talking twins and looking into the future. Here's how I think this is going to play out. I think that the twins are going to start to become sort of the talk of baseball and eh, – June into July for sure when the Twins are still in it and they're looking to add another arm at the deadline or ahead of the deadline. They're going to be a major storyline across sort of the national landscape of Major League Baseball. And I can already see it now, can't you, Rami? Mitch Garver, uh, Williams Astadio, Martin Perez, Jake Odorizzi, Byron Buxton. The Twins just take these players who've struggled and convert them into excellent major leaguers. What a system that the Twins have. How amazing they are at putting these players in a spot to succeed. While I don't disagree with the premise of that, what I don't want to have happen is to just overlook the individual efforts of some of those players. And I think I'm, I'm just a little bit wary of that happening as the conversation goes national. Oh, the Twins fixed Martin Perez. And one thing that Falvey pointed out to us in that conversation is – 
we can provide guidance. We can provide outlines and help with this. Martin Perez fixed Martin Perez. Mm-hmm. Let's not miss that. Let's not forget that. As this conversation starts to go national, Martin Perez deserves a lot of credit in this conversation of how he went from a guy with a six ERA to a guy you're hoping and praying makes his next start because he's been valuable for your rotation. But I think the Twins do deserve a ton of credit. I mean, yeah, ultimately the guy has to take the initiative and, and take it upon himself to make mm-hmm. himself better. But And this goes. This isn't just in baseball, and this isn't even just in sports. This goes across the board. I think the most successful businesses are the ones that find a way for their employees to be better Yeah, and and then show them how to be better, and then the employee has to take it and run with it. I mean, they very clearly changed something with Martin Perez in his delivery. He's opening up his hips towards home plate more, and that little tweak just in his delivery has gotten him two, three miles per hour extra on his fastball, and then you throw in the addition of a cutter, you throw in a little bit of a change in, in his approach and the way that he attacks hitters, and he's a better pitcher, and those are all things that the Twins and Wes Johnson brought to him, and his agent apparently has yeah. been telling him for years that he should be throwing a cutter. But these are all things that the Twins and Wes Johnson brought to him and said, look, do A, B, and C, and we think you could be a pretty damn good pitcher. That's right. He took it, and he used it, and ultimately he was better for it. But I don't know that every organization in Major League Baseball spots the things that the Twins spotted to make Martin Perez into Cy Young. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> maybe we're jumping the gun a tiny, maybe a little bit. Tiny little bit with that I one. I mean, Judd called Jake Odorizzi Greg Maddox after his last Oh, start, good. So, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, we're all in. He cut the brakes, too, I guess. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Pump the brakes guy is not going to be happy with the uh, Score North first place twin show lately. It, I, you're 100% right, Rami. I, I like the word that when they hired um, Baldelli, they talked about sort of a partnership. That was the word that you kept hearing is that we're partners in this. How do we partner with the players to get the best out of them? And what's best for their career is ultimately also very good for the Minnesota Twins while they're under contract. I think that's going to be one of the fascinating developments of the summer is, yes, the Twins deserve some credit for the structure and the framework. Not only Wes Johnson and Jeremy Hefner, but a number of people on that support staff that help you know, Project Martin Perez, get off the ground and, and go from Martin Perez in Texas, who was a promising prospect and then just sort of underwhelmed in his first few years of service time to, as you just mentioned, the 2019 American League Cy Young winner. Uh, that's maybe getting a tiny touch. Of, maybe. Touch a bit ahead but of ourselves. you texted me something while I was at the game on Saturday. Oh, yeah? About the Cy Young and about a Twins pitcher. Oh, yeah, that's Wasn't right. It, it was you that texted yeah, me this, Yeah, I right? did text you guys this I had a couple weekend. of drinks at the game. <laughs> but it was you that texted me this, right? Uh, yeah, it was. And, and maybe that race takes a little bit different shape now. I guess the, the point that I was trying to get to, and I'm not ignoring your, your little bump here in our game of volleyball, but like the, the, the Twins do deserve credit for that and the structure that they put into place. But let's not forget Martin Perez. Right. Like, let's not forget Mitch Garver had to go make Mitch Garver better. And I think that that's that does tend to get lost in this in this national conversation. Uh, interesting update on the American League Cy Young race. The early favorite, and they don't name the Cy Young in mid-May. Last time I checked, but the early favorite is Rays ace Tyler Glasnow. Well, he's going to be out four to six weeks, according to reports, with an injury. And uh, we talked on the show last week about ESPN's model for projecting Cy Young, mm-hmm. the the Cy predictor, which just sort of updates stats throughout the season and says so-and-so is the most likely candidate to win Cy Young right now. Well, it was Glasnow before he got hurt. Number two on that list for a long time now has been Twins ace Jose Barrios. So 
There so you go. He's now bumped up to number one. Uh, you know what? I haven't checked it today, but that would be a safe assumption. It would only make sense. The old it? number one is out, uh, out with the old boss, in with the new boss, something like that. Hey, hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. A yes, Derek, you got to go back to <laughs> the Barrios Glasnow whole thing. Just say that again. So he's Tyler Glasnow had been the front runner for American League Cy Young, according to ESPN, anyways. Yes, and popular. Theory. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to miss four to six weeks, so now i got to imagine that the old number two is now the new number one American League Cy Young frontrunner, Twins ace, Jose Barrios. Dropping bombs on the score north first place Twins show. Yeah. Heard it here first. That's Thank what we do. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Cut the brakes. I'm telling you, it's happening. Cut the brakes. People are asking you to pump the brakes. Don't pump them. And your response is hilarious Cut to them. Me. Cut those brakes. Not only will I not I step not, on the brakes. I will not pump them. I will remove the temptation to ever step on As the brakes. As a matter of fact, I might just throw a brick onto the gas pedal and go party with the rest of y'all in the back. I don't, I'm, it doesn't even need a driver at this point. That's pretty good. It doesn't even need a driver at the this point. The autonomous vehicle driving right. down the left lane. Exactly. The score North first place Real twin quick, show. before we wrap this up, the Twins did make a roster move or two. Did they not? Yeah, they shuffled things up quite a okay. bit this weekend. Martin Perez was on the paternity list before he came back. Cole Stewart came up to make a start on the doubleheader. Tyler Duffy was in, pitched really well, was throwing 96, which is the first time we've ever seen that from him, if my memory serves me correctly. He got sent out again after the game. Kind of a tough break for him. Uh, Williams Astadio is back, as we mentioned, and also Fernando Romero is headed to AAA Rochester. So a lot of roster shakeup, mostly on the pitching side of things over the weekend, and La Tortuga is now back on the 25, man. So there you have it. There's the latest on your Minnesota Twins. If you missed our conversation with uh, Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey, that and all our Score North Twins shows are available on the Score North mobile app, available in the Google and uh, app, excuse me, Apple and Google Play stores, and you can listen live and on demand via the Score North app. And the longer you listen, the more points you rack up for potential rewards. And you can read all of Derek's thoughts and musings in the written word on your Minnesota Twins via that app as well, or you can just go to scorenorth.com and search Score North Twins Show on Apple or Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. Stay tuned. We might have a live twin show to announce at some point here in the next couple of weeks. Really? Stay tuned. Really? That's all I can say. I think we'll, we'll, obviously we'll make you aware of it on this show, <laughs> on the feed. We're not going to do it in secret. That'd be weird if we, we didn't are... tell anybody. If it just showed up one day. It just happened to be there. Oh, it's at uh, this grocery store. No, we're we're going to put together something here this month for the First Place Twins and uh, keep your eyes peeled for and that And this Thursday, the Score North Twins show. One o'clock is live from CHS Field, home yeah. of the St. Paul Saints. Lower Town, St. Paul, baby. For Derek and Manny, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Score North First Place Twins Show. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A dual operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.